there's this centrality to the word and the sacrament that we know where to find God. We know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I think if you get that, suddenly spirituality becomes much different. You just say yeah. it's grounded somewhere. You know, there's physical elements I can touch, I can taste. I don't have to wonder or speculate. And man, that becomes a treasure. And that's really what we want for people is to find that treasure. Hello, this is Pastor John. This is Pastor Tim. This is the Every Moment His podcast. We're enjoying a nice afternoon cup of coffee. That's right. And we're going to talk about um, stuff we should know, uh, continuing on with that that theme. Uh, We're at numero cuatro, which would be four in Spanish. And that is, we're going to talk about the spirituality of the Lutheran Church, uh, mainly how do we encounter God? How do we grow in our faith? Uh, I think we're going to note that there's a little bit of a different flavor uh, than maybe what we call typical popular American Christianity. Mm. Um, And uh, in typical popular American Christianity, a lot of times uh, we are, it's kind of a, it can sometimes be very attractional, like a kind of a a show even where you show up to worship to be entertained or you show up to worship to get lots of really good feelings or maybe have like inspirational stories. And, you know, sometimes it can be all about our, our feelings and what we're trying to communicate is something a little bit more steady, a little bit more predictable. Yeah. Um, tried and true. So let's talk about yeah. that. A bit. So, um, the spirituality of the Lutheran church is centered on word and sacraments, right? Baptism, preaching, uh, the Lord's Supper, confession and absolution. And so mm-hmm. the point is that this is where God has placed his saving promises and nowhere else. So to participate in these things is to participate in Christ and to exclude yourself from these things is to exclude yourself from Christ. And so we want to kind of, you know, that's kind of edgy. It's, it's mm-hmm. a strict line. It's because we really believe that this is the way God has come to this world to, to save us is through means Mm -hmm. in particular through Jesus. Right. Like the incarnation, like the word became flesh. And if you want to look for salvation, you have to look to a particular person who is God in the flesh. Yeah. And and then that person, Jesus, Mm -hmm. he sent his apostles with gifts to give to his church, to build his church. And that is he commanded them to preach to all nations from a particular book, the Holy scriptures. Yep. Right. And then he commanded them to baptize with a particular element. Exactly. Water. water. And then he says, do this in remembrance of me with the Lord's supper. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a mandate, right? It's where we get Monday, Thursday, Jesus took and he said, do this. So, there's these particular things that are mysterious and we know that those things cause salvation or mm-hmm. this is where God has promised to work in salvation. So a little bit of a contrast to what we're saying, we're saying there's particular vehicles God gives his salvation through, right? And we know those things. Now the contrast would be to someone saying, you know what? God works in mysterious ways. So much so that we don't know how he saves people. 
I mean, he could save you just when you're out in the woods by yourself. And, you know, if you can follow God in your heart, wherever you are, God's there too. He's on the golf course. He's on the, you know, the, the golf course is my church, the dock at my lake, you know, that's my, my church in the mornings. I watch the sunrise. And so can you help us understand what's not, it's not necessarily completely false, but what's the falsehood in that thinking? Yeah. So, uh, well, let me just go back a little bit historically. Like if we look at, we always have to look at the church and Christian community, I think apart from our American 21st century lens, because our experience of Christianity is just a small part of the big piece of the pie for 2000 years. And so for 2000 years, Christians have been gathering in communities to hear preaching, to hear the scriptures read, to receive the Lord's Supper, to be baptized, to hear that their sins are forgiven. And it's in this place that God has promised, he's bound himself, he said, look, go, go to this place. Just like in the Old Testament, you would go to the temple, mm. right? Uh, in, in the New Testament, you could locate God in the body of Jesus. And now we locate God in the body of Christ and the things that we're doing God has attached a promise to. Now, when you sit out and you look at the sunrise or the sunset on a beautiful day, you can experience God to a certain extent of like, wow, God is powerful and majestic and mighty and wise. But that same nature that you enjoy can kill you. Yeah, right. I mean, so, um, or <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're looking at, looking at nature and you see like, you know, like a lion take down a zebra or something like, like that. Like, wow, yeah. I don't know if God loves God's me. God's nature, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or... It's magnificent, or, but man, kind of scary, right? Spend a day in Death Valley, you know. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. It's like, wow, this creation that shows me God also can wreck me. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're out on the golf course or you're taking a walk in the woods, there's no place there that God has specifically bound and pledged himself to you with a promise. So... I mean, you can walk through the woods and think about Jesus because you've heard about him in the word. Yeah. And that's good. Uh, but um, when we talk about um, receiving God's grace, we have these particular moments in which God is working. He's yeah. promised himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, in this, so I, I've had many experiences with people who um, have this kind of just, they don't quite connect the dots on this point. So like, for instance, I had a, a, a kind of middle-aged guy. He called me up. He grew up in the church that I served in Canada. And he was like, you know, his wife was dying of cancer, going through cancer treatments. And he came and he said, you know, I, I uh, was really upset one day and I looked up in the sky and I saw this sunset and it looked like an angel. And I just felt, I just had this sense of peace right? That everything's going to be okay. And so then that catalyzed him to start coming into the church. Mm -hmm. But he took that as a sign from God that there was a promise there. And I, I tried to explain to him, um, it's lovely that that communicated something to you that got you back into the church, mm -hmm. right? But here's a better sign, right? A better sign is the body and blood of Christ 
given into your body that says this is for the forgiveness of your sins. Yeah. That's a much better sign, right? And you can get that on the regular. Yeah. And you can trust that, right? And so, yeah, because you could look up in the sky and see a tornado Mm -hmm. and you can say, well, what sign does that mean from God? Right. So, right. There's this centrality to the word and the sacrament that we know where to find God. We know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I think if you get that, suddenly spirituality becomes much different. You just say it's grounded somewhere. You know, there's physical elements I can touch. I can taste. I don't have to wonder or speculate. And man, that becomes a treasure. And that's really what we want for people is to find that treasure. Yeah. And and I believe that God can and does use all kinds of experiences or, or, or life circumstances to get our attention. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but that, the ultimate goal is that we be brought into the safety of the church community where we're experiencing God's grace as a regular, constant, certain promise. And so from my experience, you know, I really came into Christianity through a charismatic kind of Pentecostal church. And so it was interesting the way I approached it is I'd kind of only go to church when I felt like it. Mm-hmm. If I felt like, man, the spirit's leading me to church, I'm going to go to church. But man, if I, if I just want to, I feel like I'm just going to read my Bible by myself. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do that for mm-hmm. church. And, um, when I would go to church, I would kind of judge church on the basis of like, I know God showed up for me to the extent that I felt the feelings. Mm-hmm. And so if church was really intense and the sermon was awesome and like, Maybe the, they played all the songs yep. that really got the emotions going and maybe I cried or something. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, wow, God showed up. I yeah. know he loves me. But if I ever went to church and the sermon was a little off or, or, you know, like, you know, I just, the songs <laughs> never heard that one before. Yeah. You know, it, it, I would just kind of leave thinking, well, that was maybe a waste of my time. Yeah. It's like the spirit didn't show up today. Yeah. And so what I had was this like, man, maybe, maybe God's going to show up today, but maybe he won't. And as I came into the Lutheran church, it was actually really therapeutic for me Mm. and even helped my mental health Mm. to be able to say, you know what? I know that when I hear the word of God preached, the Holy Spirit's working on me with the aim that I would trust in the forgiveness of Christ and receive that. I know that when I go up and I receive the Lord's supper, doesn't matter how I feel or what kind of week I had, I know that Christ is there for me. I know that when the pastor says that your sins are forgiven during the time of confession and absolution, that that's, that's a real promise. And so even if I'm in a patch, a rough patch where maybe church, I don't, I'm not having all the feelings or maybe my life circumstances are such that things just aren't going great. I can cling to that assurance that God is working. Yeah. He's holding on to me. He's not going to let go of me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about just the liturgy of the ancient church and the way we operate is because, you know, the liturgy is kind of a defender of the people too, because you can have a pastor get up there and have kind of a bad sermon, Mm, you know, but the, the liturgy, especially around the Lord's supper still gives you Christ and all his benefits. And it's like, you can't mess that up. It's like, here it is. It's for Mm -hmm. you. It's right here. It's proclamation that God is on your side because of the work of Christ. And so 
yeah, if you ex come to expect, yeah, I might not get all the feels. Nonetheless, the promise stands. That's where we want to be. Yeah, and sometimes you do. I mean, sometimes I see people who will be tearing up or crying That's right. at communion because it's a powerful moment. Um, but um, but it's powerful even when it doesn't feel powerful mm -hmm. because it's all about God's work and not our work. So with that said, um, we want to note just how important these things are because sometimes in our kind of low context society mm -hmm. where we everything's kind of casual, you know, we might treat church as kind of an extracurricular activity. We're like, hey, you know, if I don't make it, that's cool. Now, granted, there are times that like my family will not come to church because somebody's sick or, mm -hmm. you know, like there's some circumstance, but normally it, we should be here mm -hmm. because when we're here, God's renewing our faith and um, and we also don't just show up for ourselves. We show up for the other people. Yeah. That when any of us are missing, it's a discouragement to the body of Christ. Yeah, right. And when we're here, we are an encouragement to one another. Yeah, I mean, it, it is encouraging when you see people and why are they coming to church, right? They're coming to gather around the same gift yeah, of forgiveness. Yeah, we're participating in yeah. it together. Yeah. And so that, that does strengthen you. You know, you say, okay, I'm not alone. We're in I'm this not together. alone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I think it's good to also just, you know, well, sometimes we might say this, well, I'm not saved by going to church. It's like kind of a true and a false statement yeah, at the same right. time. It is true in that we do not work our way into salvation. We do not, um, like church is not a good work we do. Mm-hmm by which we can appease God. No, but there are things happening at church that save you. Right. So what does Paul say in Romans 10? He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how can they hear unless there's a preacher? Mm -hmm. And so we, the normal way that we're going to grow and remain and and stay in the faith is through, is through the preaching of God's word, our study, our interaction with God's word, whether it be read from the lectern or read and preached in the pulpit. Um, I mean, we say that baptism is saving. What does Peter say? That the baptism now saves you. Right. Typically, we get baptized in a church. Mm -hmm. And we believe that the body and the blood of Christ is saving. It, it, this is what was poured out and broken for our salvation. And so when we come to the, the sacrament, we can say, I'm certain of my salvation. And so, yeah, like going to church is not a good work that saves you. Yeah. But there are saving things that happen here. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of interesting because this line is pretty fine because like, Getting in the car, maybe if you got a family, waking them up, maybe getting them a little toast, <laughs> putting them in the car and driving to church. That is a good work that you're doing to help them engage with God, right? But once they get there, God is the one doing good work in our lives. And that does save us, right? The good work of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. which he has promised to be in the word and the sacraments yeah. in a saving way. So, yeah. 
And, yeah. and let's not be misunderstood here. God saves outside of the church in the sense that the when building. you share the gospel with somebody on yeah. a bus or yeah. and at the airport or at your workplace, if they hear that gospel and they believe it, it doesn't matter where they are. When they believe it, they're saved. Like the, the faith that's created is a saving relationship, but that faith is then preserved and kept and grown within the community of God's people. Yeah. And we have to be careful about like the, cause everybody always wants to talk about the what ifs. Mm-hmm. What about the person mm-hmm. on a desert island? How many people are on desert islands though? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Um, you know, but what about the person in the nursing home or the person who is, you know, persecuted and in prison or the person who has just such severe mental health issues that they just, they can't get to church. And so like God works through his word, right? And, and so, um, we can engage that word outside of church. But what mm-hmm. we're saying is the normal way God does this is, is through the community. Like yeah. Christians are designed to be together. Yeah. I mean, we're gathered, we're, we're filled with the word, filled with the spirit and then filled with Christ's body and blood. We're sent out with that word. Yeah. To go right? share it. And yeah. to bring more, right? It's so. kind of like the story in Acts chapter eight about how, um, you have the event of Pentecost, which by the way, happened when you had a bunch of Christians together praying and mm-hmm. worshiping, they get the spirit and then they being filled with the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit actually leads to Peter preaching Proclaiming, proclaiming yeah. the God's word sermon. People are being saved, being baptized. One of these um, disciples by the name of Philip goes uh, on a little journey and uh, meets this guy from Ethiopia, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. Mm. You can read about him in yeah. Acts chapter eight. And just on the road there, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch on his uh, chariot ride is reading the prophet Isaiah. He's in the word, right? but he needs Philip to explain the word to him. Philip shares the word with him. He's baptized right there on the side of the road, but it's almost certain that that Ethiopian eunuch went back and, and became part of or started a church. Yeah. And well, we still have the Ethiopian church to this day. So, you know, I just think that's important to, to note that this salvation God has shared with us through the word can be experienced anywhere. But then we come into a church community where we, we can expect to receive it and understand it yeah. on the regular. So, Well, good. Well, that's, so that is um, Lutheran spirituality, right? It happens outside of you, mm-hmm. not in your emotion, not in your feels, not even in your intellect, but in trusting the word and trusting the, the tangible promises God yep. makes to you. It's steady, yep. tried and true. Right on. All right, next time we're going to talk about pastors. What the heck are they for? (laughs) All right. All right, good question. We'll see you next time.